Are you a fan of the Good, Bad, or Bullshit podcast? Consider supporting the show by becoming one of our valued patrons at patreon.com. For as little as the cost of one cup of coffee a month, your generous support will help keep the random topic generator oiled and fueled for future generations. Find out more at patreon.com slash goodbadbull. Think about it this way. If I just joined a country and they're like, uh, Mr. Bo, there's only two jobs available. You can be gardener or you can be prostitute. I'd be a prostitute. Yeah, but Bo, you'd probably be a prostitute anyways. That wasn't fair. I put something I liked against something I didn't like. You're right. I'm disappointed in you gentlemen that you both understand the merits of gardening and let your own bias determine your judgment. Blame! <laughs> Oh, there you have it for someone who gardens. I feel bad. You are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Welcome to Good, Bad, or Bullshit, everybody. Uh, here we are once again recording an episode where we will review a random topic given to us by the random topic generator and we will give it a verdict of either good bad or bullshit now there are three of us i am crofton steers your host with the most and with me as always are my two co-hosts first off mr bo schwartz bo how are you hello crofton i'm doing good that was a brilliant introduction full of vivacious energy um hello gbb listeners glad that you are joining us once again right on yeah and co-host numero dos mr michael hodgins how are you michael i'm very well how are you gentlemen this uh, this fine evening i'm good i i'm good we are in the uh, final countdown to mother's day here this episode the may go up countdown oh man i really ruined that I think he was trying to sing for the Yeah, that was really bad. That was, that was supposed to be yeah. I was supposed to be singing. Um So you do a countdown to Mother's Day? Does that mean like on Saturday you're gonna have like, you know, the midnight clock? It's not me, man. It's businesses. And this is what drives me nuts is that like I'm walking around everywhere and there's all these store signs that are saying like, oh, Mother's Day in three days, are you ready? Blah, 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 blah. And and maybe it's because I have a lot of frat boy style meathead friends like you guys. But like it, it seems like <laughs> it seems like everybody, all these businesses are insulting me all the time. Like, look, I got this. I got this email from Swiss Chalet. I sometimes order oh, from I got Swiss that Chalet. Email. I got that Kay. email. This this is what the subject heading is. Your mom told us what she wants. <laughs> it's disturbing. Was it Swiss? Was it Swiss Chalet? Well, I'm assuming it is, but it sounds pretty dirty, and I don't like it. It, it might you're, not be what you're thinking. And and I'm walking down the street, and there's there's signs that say that signs that say, "Hey, your mom called," and and I'm immediately filling in the blanks with like stuff my dirty friends would say to me after that it's funny because that's just reflective of how your mind works not I don't other know. people's these, these are like innocent so. advertisements about like we they're, know mothers love swiss chalet and crofton's like they're putting dirty sexual thoughts into their advertisements <laughs> but that's your own mind that's doing Baby, oh man your mom some... told us what she wants i just know my friends say hey your mom told me what she wants all the time i and never it's say not... that to you oh yeah are we gonna Maybe ex- some of your meathead friends say that 
Maybe. But it, cer- it certainly is a heavily guilt, uh, guilt-based holiday. Like it's just it, that that's what yeah. drives it. The guilt of being a bad son or daughter. Yeah, it's, we it all ex- feel like that. It sometimes. exploits your uh, your Oedipal complex because you know you want to you know kill your dad and fuck your mom. That's that's the Oedipal way. But then you got to be nice to them. I think you mean Oedipus. Well, Oedipal complex, but I'm speaking about Oedipus. Yes, isn't, isn't it, it the Oedipus Oed- complex? I thought it's an Oedipal complex. I don't. I know it's Either Oedipus. Way, is I the don't want to do it, and that's inappropriate and in, i i'm willing to push it so far but this is now i'm disturbed yeah well it's psychology that's like psychology it's very freudian but a lot of that stuff's like not you know in real yeah exactly well most is like well it's like I think are it's you theoretical no although science is right there in the name yeah you can't go wrong with them anyways they've debunked all of psychology didn't you know oh that's good maybe i should join them yeah It'll help you write your life. And maybe, if I'm lucky, once we activate the random topic generator, the topic of either psychology or sociology or Scientology will come out, and then we can judge it. It, it could happen. Well, that sounds like a segue if I've ever heard one. So, Mike, <laughs> why don't you get on over to <laughs> Let's uh, do it. the random topic generator and give it a, give it a good pull. <laughs> <laughs> Your mother really likes the random topic generator. <laughs> See, it sounds dirty. The uh, the topic today is extreme sports. Extreme sports. Yeah. When I was a kid, I liked extreme sports or the idea of them. Like, I was really into skiing when I was a kid, and there was this guy named Glenn Plake. Do you guys know who that is? Crofton, no. you might know. He had a big mohawk. And he would sounds, like ski off. Sounds extreme. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was it. And he'd ski off cliffs. And I remember when I, I liked skiing and I was like, well, man, was, I want to do that one day. Was he sponsored by Doritos? He was sponsored by K2. Or Mountain Dew. Okay. Maybe other things. I don't know. Whatever. So that's an example of extreme sports is like big mountain skiing or which yeah. it, it's, it's that seems called like the, the least extreme of the extreme sports though, right? Skiing? Yes. You need to watch some ski videos. No, you will it, change your mind. Because ex- extreme sports doesn't mean that there aren't sports that couldn't be considered extreme. To me, extreme sports are sports that are classified outside the mainstream of what's considered sport. And I think that like skiing, even if you're doing insane skiing, uh, I disagree. I, I mean, I feel like my the way I when I think of extreme skiing, I think of things like that fall into like the X Games and yeah. and other and other like Red Bull sponsored sort of. Um, is, is that sports. kind of skiing like an X game? Yeah. Yes, okay. it is. All right, and then I then I'm ignorant. It, I would say it's any sport where like the degree of difficulty, but more more than that, the the the, uh, the consequences of, of doing it. <laughs> yes. Well, that's it. Like that's why skateboarding is often kind of yeah. like in amongst these because you are people you know, wreck themselves doing these sports. But, Whereas, but, yeah. Yeah, what Bo's saying, though, I think I, I think I understand where he's coming from because you got, like, tra- the traditional alpine ski racing where they're all in the giant spandex and all that sort of stuff. And then you have, like, you know, ski cross, freestyle, uh, a mogul, a mogul, twister, twister spread uh, skiing, you know? So that's, they're, they're, almost, they're almost like two things. We're almost skiing. every... Has a range, right? 
where every type of skateboard or skateboarding is pretty much considered an X game or an extreme. No, it's not. I, I ride. A, I've been riding a skateboard to work recently, and I'm telling you, it's not extreme. Although I do feel like I'm going to get run over by. But a any car. competition that involves skateboard. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe, but like, I mean, that's why they called it extreme skiing. It was a subsport of the sport, and I wouldn't want to get stuck up on skiing, but like. That was my example of when I was a kid, when I thought of extreme skiing, that was my go-to people going off hundred foot cliffs and crazy is crazy sports is I feel like what extreme sports are. Crofton, you did sort of nail what my confusion was though, because I was, it is like, there's, I think some sports have an extreme side to them and some are just pretty much extreme. Like, I feel like skateboarding is um, not as safe as it looks like if you're able to capably do it there's still quite a bit of risk in terms of the hard cement and the cars and- <laughs> it's funny because it does not look safe <laughs> and i think your statement's still correct it's also not even as safe as it looks but yeah. it depends like if you see somebody <laughs> okay. trying to do like an ollie or a kickflip in a parking lot it looks like you know it, it doesn't look when I think extreme, I don't think that. Like where you see these videos where guys are, like trying to grind rails and stuff and then get crotch <laughs> like a, a yeah, rail but I don't know. Crotch. Come on, that's, that's one thing. But like the little little tricks and stuff, I, I don't know. But, but the I'm, tricks are like what you practice as the building blocks for doing the bigger things. Like I think the point in skateboarding is to – eventually grow your skill to the point where you would attempt those things or to be too chicken to ever do them where i feel like you can just kind of go cross-country skiing and still say well, hey, i'm a skier yeah, but no, look cross-country skiing is a whole different thing uh and yes it's not extreme like i i, I grant you that Let, let's just agree that there are some sports which are more or less extreme in their entireties and other sports which have you know uh, sub sports of them also are in the extreme variety, and, and what makes them extreme is that risk of personal injury that yes. we talked about. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, yeah, risk like of that high injury. risk of person. Like I think you we- could hurt yourself doing figure skating. I mean, there's a high risk there if you're doing like quadruple, triple axle jumps to twist your ankle and screw yourself up. But if you're skiing down the face of a cliff. I mean, you could just die. And so I think there's like this line somewhere where it becomes like dangerous and then it becomes extreme. Right. And people aren't going to die playing like football or hockey generally unless it's a freak accident. Uh, But it's kind of like most people. I think it's also the degree to which most people would look at some kind of, quote, extreme sports and would be like, I wouldn't even attempt that. But like if I were to take, say, Hockey, for example, I suck at playing hockey, but I enjoy playing something that's Crofton organizes like a, a shinny game in the wintertime, and I really enjoy playing hockey. But if you were to say to someone like, oh, you want to try just some entry-level extreme skiing? It's like 50-foot cliffs. That's probably that's pretty entry-level <laughs> extreme cliff dropping. Most people would be like, no, I'm not doing that. Or the same thing, or like skydiving. But Some yeah, would but be skiing... Like, not even on their radar. Right, I... I, I get what you mean and and maybe it's the the personal risk and i definitely see the giant gap like i'm not sure if you guys have seen those um those like uh not bmx but uh motocross where they do these like superman tricks where they're literally holding off the end of a motorbike in, in midair and then doing a flip or something like that and landing it and and how crazy that is compared to even compared to some a lot of the other events in the X games, my bias, I guess is in, cause I, I don't, I think extreme there's, 
there's safety issues in tons, tons of sports. Like Bo used the example of figure skating. When I see somebody get chucked up in the air for like a, a triple whatever and then get caught. Sow cow. Sure. It looks it looks <laughs> scary. Like it's whatever. And, and if they didn't get caught, they would get seriously wrecked. wrecked yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and so I uh, my feeling with extreme sports has always been that that they're sort of like alter they're like the alternative music of sports they're like alternative sports that chase the cool factor so i i think it's like people people want to be cool and so they 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 gravitate towards these sports because they're they're considered cool sports like <laughs> you know to, whereas yeah. we all assume that losers play american football and baseball and stuff well i don't know let's think like is what? curling an extreme sport? No. no. Okay. And but football, football is not, but it's popular. It's cool. Like, it's cool person sport. It's not an extreme sport though. Like in ter- terms I, of what you cha- like, what te- like what teenagers are, are aspiring to do, or or like what they look up to, and all that sort of thing. They're looking up. At least when I went to high school, they're looking up to the extreme sports, right? And maybe it's the devil may care attitude of like people could get wrecked. And they don't care because they're going to live forever. Uh, but it just seems to me that it that they're shallow sports often. Well, and it's funny because when we were young, extreme sports was a was a place for marginalized. Like when I when I started skateboarding as a young person, I didn't feel like a cool person. I, I like I felt like we had this cool thing that a lot of people didn't partake in. And so we made like we we thought that was cool and we rejected the mainstream, you know, who wants to go figure skating and, and football's for losers. And, you know, I'm a skateboarder, but it's still like a small group. And, uh, you know, it's funny because I think it's a moving target. We're like when when we were in our teenage years, those those sports were just coming into being on mainstream television. It was a big deal to have like X Games. And it's funny because I feel like sports is taking like an opposite track back where the kids now like esports and that's like the most safe sport ever. <laughs> if you if you call it a sport it's well, like why well, no injury at all <laughs> i mean I, w- I would agree i would agree with this and i feel like we've been defining extreme sports for a long time here but that there is a certain sort of counter counterculture for lack of a better word uh, element to them in that they may have arisen from rejection of more mainstream sports and even when they're in the sub you know the subgenres of sports. Like I just think of the people like that I that I skied with as a kid who were into like the extreme skiing. We all thought that like racers were were losers or or or, or whatever because it was me. It was like the mainstream thing, and you thought you were cool. It was more like oh yeah. So I see what Bo's saying. It's a there's a bit of a like rejection of the established things, and I feel like a lot of these sports came of age in the '90s, which yeah, which, like which along seems with like an all, era where all that you know the grunge, and music, kind of like punk rock, Things extreme, but see the Rap thing music. about that, I chafe about uh, when it comes to pursuing things just to be cool. Like when 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 it's like Bo's talking and he's giving an example, and he's like, "We're rejecting all this," and it's very high school. It's like we're like we want to be cool. Skateboarding's cool. This is not cool, you know. And that, I, and that's what that's why my gut. And I'm not trying to define these, uh, these sports here. I'm saying what my my opinion is and one of one of the things that i've always kind of held against them is uh is is the fact that that um they seem very artificial in terms of pomp and circumstance more so than regular sports they're attracting people 
that are that are pursuing them for not for love of the sport, but because it, it's going to make them look cool. It's See, a, it's I, a cult. Hang on, it's a cultural. Yeah. Like you're correct in that there's a culture around esports. Um, you know, you gain respect e-sports. from your, Sorry, from extreme sports. <laughs> Although there's a culture there too, I'm sure. Um, there's a culture around extreme sports, which is like you get mad respect if you're a guy who busts out, you know, backside lip slides on handrails. You know, it's like I can't do that. Wow, you're you're all of a sudden cool, and you have more cultural value in the group if you can do these things. So, speaking from personal experience, and as an adult knowing better than to fall prey to these things, hopefully, is that it was really important. It was more important to be a part of that culture at that time for that to serve as my identity than it was from a genuine love of skateboarding. I don't skateboard anymore. Mike asked me all the time, like, why don't you skateboard? And I'm like, I actually, like, this whole thing is cool, but I'm just not interested in it, you know? That wasn't why you told me. You were like, I'm too old. I'm going to hurt myself. Well, that's like the conversational answer I might give. But the more deep and meaningful answer is that it's not part of my identity. And that's not, that's something that I, in a group in high school, carried with me as an identity people be like oh there's goes the skateboarders there's the I, skateboarders there's my relationships this is the culture i'm a part of i um, do think there is there is a certain identity aspect to it but i kind of would reject crofton's like assumption that people sit down and think i am looking for a way to be cool that's that is my end goal i think people and, think that <laughs> well maybe some people do but like being someone who's who's i don't know i've done some of these would be considered these types of sports I, I really like you can tell me I'm lying, but I wasn't like I need to be cool. I, I really feel it was more that there was there's something about what was mainstream at the time. See, because I would say these days extreme sports basically are mainstream. But at the time, in like the 90s, what was the main what were the mainstream sports seemed unappealing to me more than that. And then you were kind of like, well, what? Okay, well, I those things for whatever reason, because everyone's doing them, you just feel like oh, it's too much of like with the crowd. It's not like I must show myself as being cool. It's more that you want to identify yourself as not just being with the herd. And I think that's what drew people to the to the extreme to kind of extreme sports because they were different. Now I would agree more with Crofton now that they're very mainstream, and now it is a lot about. Um, and this is kind of another point I want to bring up about extreme sports. It is about like who's the best and, and upping the ante constantly. And when I look at these things, like because now they're in the Olympics, so um, like a lot of the ski and snowboard stuff. And when you look at the tricks these people are doing, they're they're insane. And I mean, they're going so far and so high. like there is a limit to what can be done before people are just going to be re- routinely killing themselves doing these kinds of sports because when you when you watch them you're just like wow it's uh it's pretty insane so but but it's really based on this culture of like you have to go bigger higher harder than the person before you and more a lot of these people wind up dead in the end like a lot of the professional skiers when i was are, are dead now because they fell off cliffs and that's oftentimes you die when you, you fall off a cliff but when you push those limits constantly um, that's often the consequence. And with the mainstream of this, uh, I just feel like that kind of stuff's even more likely as people push the limits further and further. Like what's a bigger cliff or on a motorbike, you want to do a triple backflip because doubles are out. Now everyone does a double. There's that guy, you know, I can't remember his name, who's dropped himself out of a helicopter on a skateboard to land on a ramp and then go flying off over a mountain onto another ramp or something what's his and, name like anyways he's well known and, and that's like from the evil knievel ba- a bag of of stunts and stuff but that's not necessarily 
I would say the same as like the or you know the sports themselves, right? And in defense of extreme sports, because I have been shitting on them, um, it, they are and might mention they were Olympics. There's been ski cross and snowboard cross, and there's half pipe and all that. I find myself drawn to watching them. I find them entertaining to watch. I'm not and I don't partake in them. I don't look to partake in them. But there is an entertainment factor there that makes them more appealing than watching some of the older established sports like, you know, alpine ski racing or curling, curling, right? So <laughs> there's there's an action there. There's a, a freedom of movement um, that I find appealing to watch. So definitely something I like to watch, but I like to watch a lot of things that I wouldn't necessarily – uh, want to do, I still, I, I, I understand what Mike's saying, rejecting my proposition that people drift to these things because they're considered cool. I don't think that's uniformly the case, but I do think that when, that it is, I'll, I would say 50% of everyone that starts, uh, and, and maybe they drop afterwards and it's only the hardcores that stick with it. It's, it has large part to do with image, I think. Yeah. Well, do you think, continuing to label them because they're in the mainstream but they're still referred to as um extreme sports so do you think labeling them as such continues to like like marginalize them i guess in a weird way or continue to promote that kind of identity or should well, we should just be like hey it's uh, street luge like it is, no biggie <laughs> it, it is it is funny how because if what and, and you know crafting you're probably right about like a lot of people are drawn to them because they are cool and they look you know for that kind of respect or credibility or this kind of or credit you, you know amongst their friends i do this extreme stuff look at me i'm sure you're right that there are a lot of people that are drawn to that but and just being someone that had been drawn to that my, in my younger days but not for those reasons because nowadays i find myself being often annoyed by extreme sports even the one which i spent so many years loving which is extreme skiing and that now my approach when i go skiing and if i go backcountry skiing is more like eh, relax take it easy you're outdoors enjoying yourself have a good, like because the again the main the mainstream fashion of extreme sports for for people like me or the people or maybe other people who were kind of were drawn to them because they were out of the mainstream that's no longer there anymore now they're very mainstream and a lot of money in them and uh and so now there's it's almost a little bit meh like you I mean you can't help but be impressed by the 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 skill and talent involved that these people have but it's it's you know it's like any other sport like it's just you know you, you can't say that these people are better or more impressive than professional, I don't know, basketball players or cocky players. They're, those people are equally skilled in their domains. You know, it's just... Again, I can say that they appear at least to have less fear because, I mean, some of the stuff they do, as you said, they push the limits crazy. You see these things and, and maybe it takes just as much skill and talent to play, you know, an advanced amount of basketball, but... They, you don't have to deal with that fear unless you're scared of crowds or something, you know? Well, or also, like, I mean, if you think of, like, professional football, like, ramming your head into someone else's head at, like, full throttle, or hockey, where it's like, you might, you know, routinely have to get in a fist fight with someone, like, <laughs> in a game, you know, it's like, I don't know, I don't, I would Violence I don't is like his own sort you know, of I, extreme. <laughs> well, it's, but it's true, like, those things, those things are, are scary to a lot of people, too, and those, and those athletes, 
you know, have to have that stuff under control as well. And if you think of hockey, like the speed of the pucks, like there, 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 you know, it's there, there's factors in there, which require that same, I think any professional athlete probably has a low degree of fear in general to be able to push their bodies to, to, to limits in many different ways. Well, talking about what Bo was saying earlier and that I was maybe wrongfully dismissive of the stunt, uh, the stunt thing, I recognize that a lot of these sports are some sort of hybrid of an actual activity and a stunt. Like we used the example earlier of skateboarding and the, and the guy in the parking lot is just doing ollies. What's he preparing for? Oh, maybe he's preparing for something that his buddy's going to videotape. He's going to like jump on, jump, you know, jump on a rail and try and grind it down to the bottom or do a trick off it or something. He's taking tremendous risk. And I think that I, I think that there's there's sort of that that hybrid is partly what makes it appealing. It's like it's like those those moments that you can film and put on the Internet and say, holy shit, look at this, you know. Uh, and I think people people keep chasing that holy shit moment. And and as Mike said, it, it it's getting bigger and bigger and, and and likely more dangerous. Yeah, I think I can like I can't speak expertly on a lot of extreme sports apart from what i see on mainstream television and that gets shared but you know i'm pretty intimate with this you know skateboarding thing and and there are the publicity stunts like the jumping out of a helicopter to do something crazy but um mike and i were having this conversation the other day skateboarding has the most in common with the mainstream sport is figure skating because um, I just watched a video on Facebook that somebody shared this week. There was nothing extreme about what he was doing, but the tricks he performed, he performed them masterfully and with a lot of control. And to someone who has tried skateboarding and knows skateboarding or has watched a lot of it, you can really tell when someone has a sense of beauty and grace to their physical ability when they perform tricks that everyone's trying in a way that's sort of magical and has artistry. And... Um, that, you know, for an extreme sport, it's still dangerous because it was skateboarding. The risk to personal injury to yourself and others is still present. But um, it, the, the, I just wanted to underscore that the only vector isn't the danger factor. It's the grace and beauty in some of these things. And I think probably all sports have that. You could look at Wayne Gretzky and say he was a very great, you know, it's just a pleasure to watch him play hockey, win or lose. Um and certainly for skateboarding, that's the case. It it's sounding more and more like, um, uh, you know, extreme sports are just sports. <laughs> yeah, what makes and, them extreme is their their self intended marginalization from mainstream culture. Like Crofton pointed out, it's it's the mainstream's way of saying taking all these like, you know, remember th- like skateboarders like don't follow rules T shirts or something. Like skateboarding is like what bad kids did when you know, you know I was young. But calling them extreme is, a, is sort of a digestible mainstream way of describing them. Rather than saying it's a bunch of miscreants, we just say, hey, they're extreme, man. They live life on the edge. <laughs> one, one thing, like now with the mainstreamification of the extreme sports, uh, one major pet peeve of mine, you know, because all, all kinds of sports will have their key sponsors, you know, who, who get behind them. But what, ex- extreme sports have basically just been purchased by energy energy drinks <laughs> it's like not only is like you just any big stunt you'll see is likely sponsored by red bull but not just red bull like monster and rockstar and mountain all, dew 
Like, what is it with those drinks? And I think it's because they're, they're trying to put forth to like, yeah, high octane, like you're riding a caffeine high with guarana. And that's what you, <laughs> that's what you need to pull off your triple backflip because, yeah, you got to be like, you know, jittery, I guess, to do that. But I find that really irritates me. It makes me dislike all these sports. It's always like monster ads, like blasting in your face. And I'm just like, oh, geez. Like, you know, because a lot of it is entertaining to watch. You can't help but watch it. But like, why the energy drink thing, I ask? I think I think you touched on a lot of the reasons uh, and it's not you know it's not just the energy drink it's anything that and for a while everything was marketed extreme like every product you know you could get Ritz <laughs> Ritz crackers extreme yeah, with double cheese extreme. you know like, double cheese like, <laughs> it, 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 you know it was everything in the I definitely night. had some razors for face shaving that were extreme Mach <laughs> five extreme razors take, take it take it to the speed of sound shave shave at the speed of sound but um oh but my yeah God, you guys are I, killing I, me. I think that there, I think that that's uh, uh, been a tremendous marketing opportunity. And I think, Mike, you answered your own question when talking about energy drinks. I think that they're looking to to provide that that sort of high octane, living on the edge, extreme. And that's like I said, sport, sports with mixed with stunts. Uh, and and you mentioned some of the Red Bull stunts that aren't even sports. Like that's they they're always they're like what's that Red Bull flute thing where they make the planes and and chuck them chuck them off like into the water like you can make. Homemade. I don't know, but it's extreme. Yeah, and sponsored by Red Bull, like Red Bull crushed ice in Quebec City. They have this giant, you know, like uh, ice luge sort of. Uh, um, that thing does look pretty extreme. Uh, yeah, I mean it is <laughs> for sure. It is. You should you should look at it. I up feel like after we're already. done recording this episode, the word extreme is going to have no meaning to me anymore. anymore. <laughs> I've said it more in the past half hour than I have. Like, well, that's a pretty extreme point of view to take. Michael. It is extreme, <laughs> but it is hard. It, it is it is hard because. That whole thing I mentioned about the cool factor and, and that it annoys me, when you mentioned the sponsors, it's a connection that I didn't make before. But that is totally something that that uh, um, the sponsors, the clothes, like skate, skateboarders, you cannot tell me that the clothes that skateboarders wear are the most practical clothes to do what they're doing. No. They, they, they well, wear them. No, no, you're wrong, though. They wear the them shoes, because, uh, shoes in in particular. They wear them because they they look a certain way. They they tied it into the grunge movement. They tied it in uh, to, to the nineties to a certain extent, yeah. you know. But like, but not not just. And I'm picking on I'm picking on skateboarding, but snowboarding just as bad. Um, like, Worse even. Yeah, they they find ways to make these products um, gear for for. Every sport is a big, big business, but it feels like the gear is, is so less focused on practicality and so much more focused on style in extreme sports. There, there was this one guy I remember watching the last Olympics and it was like the uh, the <laughs> ski like big air, whatever it was, like where they do they go off these massive jumps at the end and do like, you know, 1080 corkscrews or whatever. And there was this one guy from Sweden who who was wearing, I don't know, like size quadruple x it was it looked like he was wearing a giant sack all around him and uh 
And I remember like, why would you wear that clothes to do this for? Like, don't you? And it was funny because he had big, long dreadlocks, too. So when you go off and he'd be spinning through the air and he just looked like a bag of dreadlocks, <laughs> like just <laughs> fluffing around in the air. And I was like, I, does he even know where his own legs are at this point? Oh, my God. But, uh, but yeah, no, I agree with your point. Like, there's certainly there's certainly a style factor involved in it. But I guess, again, it's no different than other sports. Like, if you're, you know, the, the captain of the football team, you're probably going to wear some sweet, tight jeans so all the ladies can enjoy your... But that's- you know, Cat, that's casually. I mean, when they are actually doing the activity, like in they hockey, have, they have flair. They're yeah, they're like they're they stand out. They're individuals. They have like you're right. I'm agreeing that they they definitely. I I don't I I see it, it less as you're you're painting it in a in a, oh it's great they have flair. You could have a different colored helmet and have flair, but 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 what they have is is active impractical. Uh, items that would legitimately make it more difficult often to do what they're doing. Perhaps even more extreme. <laughs> you heard <laughs> it here that's first. That's what it is. We're like, it's too, it's too easy to do these tricks with, with, with my pants around my waist. If I put them around my knees, maybe now it's a challenge. Now. Look, look Crofton, I bought, I bought these, these pants. Yeah, they're baggy. Yes, they're around my knees. But do you know how many pockets they have for my Mountain Dew Code Red? There's seven. I can drink a lot of Mountain Dew Code Red with seven pockets. Like, Man, I got Gah. mad. I got mad respect for your pants, there, Crofton. Incidentally, um, I'd like to see a show called The Cool Factor with Crofton the Steers. <laughs> You've said The Cool <laughs> Factor a couple of times, and I'm like, that seems like a title that a show Crofton uh, would have. It, no, it'd be called The Cool Factor Squared. The Cool Factor. Yeah, a little two squared because Crofton's like the square. Um, yeah, I'm ready for verdicts. How about you guys? Yeah, Grandpa Steers is ready to go. <laughs> oh. Young kids with their... Sorry, it got, the farm animals got out. <laughs> and if you're hearing that, that's because it's now verdict time. To Sweet. order. Yeah. Sounded like Animal Farm. I mean, sorry that you got interrupted, but we just can't keep these animals under control. No, I understand. They demand verdicts. Hey, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna start right off just because uh, I think I think like if you look at we're over what 110 episodes. What episode? This is are we episode at? 109 of the Good Bad or Bullshit podcast. I I always make jokes that if you listen to all the episodes of this show, uh, you could do like a psych profile on Bo like you could you all his you little references on all of us. yeah I know but and that's what's funny now I, I'm realizing this more about me is that I'm starting to be definitely the grumpy old man of this like of this show in terms of, of things that are cool or whatever <laughs> I, I look like the squarest square that there is <laughs> and uh, I think cool this fact. episode is just going to encompass that perfectly um I was leaning towards saying extreme sports were bad, uh, but I pulled myself back mostly due to the hypocrisy involved in saying that because I like watching them so much. Um, and so it's difficult for me to say that they're entirely bad. And my brother does, does the ski free ride tour thing. And he tells me these stories about it and about, about like, you know, uh, people getting getting along and, and sort of the joy of competition and, and, and this. He's told me some ridiculous stories as well. 
But like, it's hard for me to crap entirely over all of that. Uh, so I'm going to have to just settle nice and comfortable into my big pile of steaming extreme bullshit. Oh, we didn't even talk about bungee jumping, which that's an extreme sport, isn't it? Like it's you, more like an amusement ride. But people might do it as a matter of it's competition. An activity. Oh, okay. Well, anyways. But, but I, I could see, like, I mean, it, it falls in with that whole uh, that whole culture, I guess. Yeah. All right, so I'll take uh, the second crack at verdicts. Um, I was an extreme sporter for a period of my life, and I still uh, think back to those times with fondness, and I still sometimes miss it because I, I do – it was enjoyable to be a part of that culture. Um, but overall, a lot of it for me had to do with identifying with friends, uh, you know, culturally, like we talked about earlier, rather than a genuine desire out of all the things one can do in the world to do that. I'm also now too fat for it. <laughs> and like that wasn't, that wasn't, I wasn't lying when I said that. I just, you know, it's hard enough to bike. Uh, biking's my extreme sport now. Um, but um, I think that, you know, uh, extreme sports are really awesome. And it's it's really great when people innovate new ways to come up with these new things for us to do. And um, I'm wondering what the new extreme sports will be. I don't think extreme sports, they can, they need to be dangerous, but they don't need to be an escalating pile of danger like, you know, who can jump off the highest mountaintop or, or I don't know. I feel like a sport in the future would be just people shooting into space without like a plane, like just out of a cannon. That would be a fun sport. Um, so I look forward to all that great stuff in the future. And I definitely still enjoy watching and hearing about extreme sports now. So the rambling verdict is rolling out of town with good. I'll take a bow. <laughs> um, having the, uh, I, I found this one actually kind of difficult, being that when I was a, when I was a kid, maybe it was because I was a kid. Like I feel like I was like eleven or twelve, and I was like, "Oh, extreme skiing's awesome!" And I was really that kind of like status, and that maybe went along with it. Really drew me in, perhaps as Crofton, uh, you know, was was talking about, but. You know, ultimately, when we were talking about this, it just came back to like they're just sports. You know, the the people who are extremely good at mainstream sports are as you know they're as good at their craft as anyone in the extreme sport. Just because maybe they're not going to die when they misstep doesn't make it any better or worse. If anything, the negative consequences are, of extreme sports is it's encouraging people to really put their life at risk for. For essentially no reason other than someone like Crofton's entertainment as he sits on his couch at home watching them perform these things. I don't know why Crofton. But in my boxers. It is yes, exactly. It is boxer being like, oh, could have done an extra corkscrew. Eating Ritz Extreme. <laughs> and a <laughs> Mountain Dew Code Red. Um <laughs> Yeah, so like I, I really just think the whole like extreme overlay of these things is to, to to large extent marketing that draws in those people that are like yeah like uh, all these other sports are square so i i was kind of floating back and forth on where i was going to land on this one but i i really do in the end think that they're kind of bullshit and and yeah i i just i just think they're just sports you know 
Yeah, well, they are they are just sports. I think I think the the extremeness of it is 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 in large part cultural. That's my cue, right? To wrap this whole thing up, this whole shebang, this whole extreme endeavor that we engage in every week, you're which the, is this podcast. You're the extreme master of our extreme good, bad, or bullshit ceremony. Awesome, man! It's good we're not playing a drinking game right now. Where whenever somebody said extreme, you take a shot. Although, if you listeners at home want to play a drinking game there's nothing stopping you you don't have to talk coherently into a microphone might i suggest mountain dew code red extreme <laughs> they should See be how- paying us for how many times <laughs> them and red bull too yeah it God tastes like it. red um yeah, we're pretty much indoctrinated <laughs> given that we we could have just not talked about that company at all through well let's just episode. say for the record i hate all those energy drinks and they're disgusting and you shouldn't drink them so there now they can sue me instead of paying me oh why did i do that no we're editorializing you're allowed to to have your opinion i don't know i'll defend you, you in the court of law mike freedom of speech all right if you like these opinions and want <laughs> uh, and want other such opinions you can get them quite easily by going to goodbadbull.com. That is our website. Or subscribing to this podcast. You can do that in a multitude of places. We're on the uh, iTunes store. We're also on uh, Stitcher. Uh, we would love it if you uh, liked us on Facebook. We have a great Facebook community composed of Bo's mom and other people. Uh, it, we would love it if you... Uh, what's the thing that people do on Twitter? Follow. That's right. They follow you. So follow us on Twitter and retweet everything we say to your friends. We'd appreciate that as well. Uh, you can also follow us individually. Uh, let's let's uh, let's start with um, who's it going to be this week? Uh, let's try Mike. Mike, if people want to find you uh, and and hear more unfiltered Mike Hodgins isms, where do they go? They can find me out in the backcountry, hucking the sweet air off an 80-footer, baby. Woo-hoo, extreme. <laughs> yeah, I'm too I was cool waiting for, for that. Twitter. Uh, I tell you, it's true. We finally and, got and, it. And Bo, where um, can they find you? Listen, you guys interested in what I'm up to? You can find me on Twitter at Bo Schwartz. And you can find me on our sister podcast, the exclamation mark, at exmpodcast.com. And Bo can... Uh, can tweet and skateboard at the same time. So uh, he's pretty extreme that way, uh, I must say. You can follow me at Croft and Steers on Twitter. I don't have anything clever to add because it's hard to top you two. Um, all right, so uh, that uh, I think that wraps it up. I can only hope that, uh, that we all get home safe uh, and don't engage in any extreme activities on the way home. I feel like... I we feel also like... are in our homes. That's extremely prudent oh. advice, Crofton. Oh, are we? Oh, that's, yeah. that's You should convenient. ask your brother to listen to this podcast. And give give me his extreme advice. See, my brother, for those listeners who haven't turned off the show after we give our verdicts, thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> I, I just I just wanted to mention he runs a bungee jump site. And uh, so that's... Uh, that's he's an extreme he's, sport professional. He, he is And he's an extreme sport practitioner. And photographer. And videographer. He likes extreme sports. And blogger. He's got a fairly steady stream of photos and, and blog updates on Facebook and all that. He should get sponsored by Red Bull. 
Well, I can't picture him drinking one, but I feel like it it makes sense. I think it would be funny to watch him drink one and watch his face slowly change color, and then he's like, mm, I will have another sip of this delightful drink. <laughs> That's I what sponsorship's the all about. octane rush of guarana and taurine rushing through my veins. Or that might just be cancer. What are those things? Like, why? every time you look at it, they say on the back of the bottle, like, do, do, daily dosage. It's a drink. <laughs> why is that a dosage on it? Sorry, my wife is trying to sleep and I'm very loud. Okay. Uh, so sure. I have to. One might say extremely loud. <laughs>